interrupted that at the request of Ray uh, to do something on the uh, history of B'nai Noah and the seven laws of Noah. We find the seven laws of Noah occur in the first 11 chapters of Genesis. Blasphemy. When the snake questioned, Yea, has God said? Then, <clears throat> idolatry, when he said, Ye shall be as gods, knowing good from evil. The third law is against uh, theft. When Eve took the fruit of the tree, the fourth law is against murder. And that's where we're to tonight. The fifth law is against uh, illicit sex. The sixth law is to establish courts of justice. And the seventh is not to eat the limb of the living animal. We find in the book of Acts, when uh, James, or Yaakov ben Yosef, that we call James the Just, wrote the letters to the Gentiles that they should abstain from uh, blood, from idols, from uh, uh, from idolatry, from illicit sex, from th things strangled, and eating the limb of a living animal. Now there's three aspects of, of, of blood. So shedding blood, eating blood, or having sex relation with one's wife while she's in her period. So that makes all seven laws of Noah found in Acts chapter 15. Tonight we're continuing with the uh, with the law against uh, murder. And that's found in the fourth chapter of Genesis, verse 8. The, uh, this story arises out of the story of uh, Cain and Abel. Well, it does not end with, see, thou shalt not murder. We see that the suffering uh, that emerged from the act of Cain's killing Abel as it's written, thy brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. To overcome murder, one must preserve human life. Don't shed innocent blood. Don't drive dangerously 
that would cause harm to yourself or others. Another way we can overcome murder is by being a blood donor. Don't commit suicide by doing things to harm your own body. Support capital punishment for convicted murderers and terrorists. The only sacrifice that atones for the sin of murder is the execution of the murderer. His life then atones for his own sin of murder. Love life and live it to the fullest. Live to the longest and help others to do the same. The question of saving lives overcomes murder. As we saw before that you overcome theft by being a philanthropist by, by giving. Cain rose up and slew his brother Abel. Jealousy, anger, intimidation, egotism, arrogance, and desire to dominate were revealed in the character of Cain that drove him to murder his brother Abel. In the, in the Midrashim, they have a section on why the brothers fight. There were three arguments that Cain made with Abel. First was over religion, because God had respect for Cain, uh, for Abel's offering, and gazed upon him, but he turned his back on Cain's. The second argument they had was real estate. Cain was a tiller of the ground. Abel, Abel was a keeper of the sheep. And this suggests that, that the earth belonged to Cain and the chattel belonged to Abel. Cain said, now Abel, get your feet off of my ground. And Abel said, okay, strip the clothes you're wearing are mine. And the third argument was over a woman. Because when Cain was born, it says Cain the Et, which means Cain was born with a sister. But when Abel was born, it says that she conceived and bare Abel the Et the Et. So Abel had two sisters. And Cain demanded, I'm the firstborn, give me the, the extra girl. And Abel said, she was born with me, she is mine. And this was the argument that finally led to Cain slaying Abel. So we find that 
that the elements in the story of Cain and Abel about murder. Cain was a tiller of the ground or real estate. So he considered himself superior to Abel, who was a shepherd, possessed only the chattel. The first war, this was the first war between the ranchers and the shepherds. Cain's superiority complex was expressing his arrogance and desire to dominate and rule over Abel. Since, since uh, as I mentioned, that since uh, Abel had two sisters, Cain demanded the extra girl, and Abel refused. That was a final straw. Cain slew Abel so he could not only have the extra woman, but also have both of Abel's wives. In addition to the women, Cain would own the chattel that belonged to Abel. When Cain slew Abel, he slew a fourth of the population of the earth. In addition, he slew all the posterity and potential future generations that would have descended from Abel. Religion, real estate, chattel, and women have been the primary cause for all murders and wars. To destroy another's good name by slander is also tenement to murder. An evil th tongue can destroy life. Idle gossip defames another in the is in the same category as murder. In Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, these six things that the Lord hate, yea, the seventh is an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that are swift to run to mischief, and the seventh is a false witness that speaketh lies and that sows discord among the brethren. These are the seven things that Proverbs Solomon said that God hated. Anegas has two ways to aggrandize himself. The first is edification in the form of arrogant snobbery or glorification of braggadocio. The second way is using a slanderous tongue to pull down someone he perceives to be superior. This is especially true if he's trying to uh, imitate or compete with the person he maligns. Slander against others often comes in the form of false accusation. Wicked tongues have no respect for the truth. Even if an evil report about another person is true, we should never repeat it unless its action of the evildoers are such 
that he can continue to do harm to others. Then without malice, warning others of the evildoer is our duty. Only when a, a, a slanderous person murder with malice is never justified. Self-defense and combat in war are not acts of murder. Capital punishment by decree, by decree of the court is commanded of God. Where capital punishment is not enforced, violence and murder become rampant. Punishment, capital punishment is the only justice that is commanded of God. It deters the act of murder. Murderers can kill without remorse. But they have a more morbid fear of dying themselves. I had a we had a case of a young man that was in prison in Oklahoma and uh He had was uh, on narcotics, and he murdered five people. And uh, he began to study the Noahide laws, and uh, he said, "Do not pray that I will be pardoned." I knew when I took the narcotics that I would act irresponsibly and I want to give my life as a sacrifice to atone for my sin. To observe the commandment against murder, one must change a negative aspect to a positive action by trying, trying to save lives. Becoming a blood donor are actions that can save lives. Many states have uh, can mark one's driver's license to be an organ donor in the case of his death. And this is the most noble thing for a person to do is if you uh, you are dying to be able to give an organ to a kidney or heart or lung many people are living today who would die long ago except to be for an organ donor I know that personally because my oldest son had kidney failure, and uh, this was back in the early '60s, and they were had a television program. Uh, this was at the time that uh, a mechanical heart was given to this man Carp, and. Uh, this little girl said, Mother, when I die, I want to give my body to save other people's lives. 
in a few days she had a stroke and her parents consented to give her kidneys to my son and that that girl willed will her body save my son's life one who je uh, jeopardizes their life such as firemen and law enforcement officers are highly commendable doctors and nurses who treat deadly contagious diseases at the risk of their own lives they chose a vocation that is dedicated to saving lives more notorious is a person who will although not in a life-saving pr profession risk his life to save another's life a person that goes into a river or lake or sea to save to save a stranger from death, uh, drowning is most per uh, praiseworthy volunteer fire departments rescue squads and other civil organizations dedicated to save lives are not likely to have been murderers or even potential murderers in the ring a person who in an unplanned instant disregards the danger of life and fulfilling the commandment against murder nothing would uh, we can say would be more a better example than the fireman who died in 9-11 uh, they were able to get people uh, rescue people <laughs> the next take the one we take is lesson six it will leave our do not be sexually immoral engage in incest, sodomy, bestiality, homosexuality, castration, and adultery. This is that is pronounced Kihilu Arad the fifth Noahite law is against illicit sex and this goes back to Genesis chapter 8 where the sons of God saw the daughters of men and they took them wives all whom they chose this means that there was a complete breakdown of uh, a complete breakdown of uh, sexual morality and everyone took everyone's wife there was uh, there was wife swapping swingers sex is a natural act and it is a gift from God sex is not sin 
Illicit sex is restricted to specific and well-defined boundaries. They are bestiality, homosexuality, and I want to add here that lesbianism is not uh, forbidden. It is considered base and vulgar, but lesbianism is not forbidden in the scriptures. In fact, in the Talmud it says that uh, the high priest of Israel can marry a lesbian who is a virgin. Adultery, copulation with a married woman, and that is an act, not a state. Incest is having sex relations with the family, with family members. Fornication, which is prostitution. The harlot is not condemned but rather the whoremonger. Since sexual copulation is a consummation of every marriage, there's no such thing as a extramatrial sex. For this reason, a child born out of wedlock is a, a legitimate child and not a, a bastard. A bastard is one that's born out of incest or adultery. So, a child born out of wedlock has a father, and the act of sexual copulation uh, uh, is the uh, is marriage. Therefore, there are no uh, because of the the uh, they had to. Copulate, and when that happened, they were married. Polygamy and concubines were permitted for a man under the Noahite law. Both the Jews and the Arabs practiced polygamy in the Muslim countries. In those polygamous countries, concubine. Uh, and prostitution are not unlawful. Conversely, in Western society, forbid polygamy. Yet there is no law against a man having a concubine or a mistress. And prostitution is seldomly prosecuted. Masturbation is not forbidden in the Torah. Yet is also base and vulgar. One fulfills the uh, prohibition against illicit sex by marriage and abstaining from those things which are forbidden. Against illicit sex, in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 1, and it came to pass when the men began to multiply on the face of the earth, that daughters were born unto them. And the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives all whom they chose.
I pointed out this means that they took each other's wives. They were swingers. And the Lord said, My spirit will not always strive with man, for that he is also flesh. Yet his day shall be a hundred and twenty years. Now, this was a warning that God gave a hundred and twenty years before the flood. It's interesting to note that that was the age of Moses when he died. He was a hundred and twenty years old. There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came to the daughters of men, they bare children unto them. The same were mighty men, which were of old men of renown. And God saw the wickedness of man, that it was great upon the earth, and that every imagination of his heart was on the evil continually. And God repented that he had made man on the earth. And it grieved him in his heart. And I'm going to point out here that in the Hebrew text it says that his his heart was hot. It was not repented that his heart was hot that he had made man. And it grieved him in his heart. And the Lord said, I'll destroy a man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man, beast, and creeping things, and the doubt of the air, for it repents me that I have made them, or it grieves me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. It's interesting to note that the word Noah is spelled noon, Het. And you reverse that, het, noon, ten, uh, means grace. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was just man and perfect in his generation, and Noah walked with God. Some of the, in some of the commentaries, it said, well, Noah was a righteous man in his generation, but had he lived in the generation of Abraham, he would have not been considered righteous. I'd like to correct that because Noah was 58 years old. Uh, or uh, Noah, Abraham was 58 years old when Noah died, so they did live in the same generation. And the word 58 is noon het, and that spells Noah. And uh, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And uh, the, the Hebrew word for sin is hate. That's a good application. Hate is sin. You can remember that because even the English word hate is also sin. Hate in the Hebrew means to shoot and miss the mark. To shoot straight 
and hit the mark is Yerah. And this is the future tense of the word Torah. It means to shoot straight and hit the mark. The Torah doesn't just mean teaching, it means to shoot straight and hit the mark. And the earth was filled with wickedness, Rasha, and violence, Hamash. It's interesting to note that the, that the, the Arab terrorist group called Hamas is violence. And they took them, anyone's wife whom they chose. Moral decadence marked the end of the antediluvian age. Ever, ever civilization since has fallen after their society declined in social moral values. In a culture dominated by our morality, immorality is not only permissible, uh, permissible permissible, it is acceptable, acceptable in the mores of the public. No one blushes anymore. <coughs> in Genesis chapter 15 and verse 16, <coughs> excuse me, I've got to get a cough drop. Genesis chapter 15, verse 16, God told Abraham, I cannot yet give you this land, for the iniquity of the Amorite is not yet full. Then four generations later, Hashem commanded Joshua, the iniquity of the Amorite is full, therefore enter and conquer the land. Every, every nation that is rise to power, but when they go into moral decadence, you see the decline of that nation, and finally, its fall. Egypt, Babylon, Greece, and Rome all experienced moral decay preceding their fall. Illicit sex is the barometer of society degree of wickedness. Free living always is most costly. In the end, it is deadly. It's written at the licentious age early. Get this, the licentious age early. It does not say that they die early. Most of the time they get old, ugly, and lose it while others in a more advanced society in years remain healthy and sexually vigorous even to their, into their senior years. Adultery. Adultery is not a general category. There's no such thing as living in a state of adultery. It is specifically and only an act of matrial infidelity. 
Adultery is sexual relation with a married woman. Or a married woman having sexual relationship with another man. According to the specific Torah law, marriage is a consummation by a carnal act of knowledge between a man and woman that joins them as one flesh. This is a sacred union. Purity in this relationship is binding on the woman until her death, until her husband gives the wife a bill, of, a written bill of divorcement, and she departs from his his house. In the strictest sense, there's no such thing as an extramarital affair. Sexual intercourse is marriage. There is no one night stands. Every every union, even with a prostitute, constitutes a jumble, bewildered state of marriage union. Uh, Paul says, What know ye not that he that is joined in harlot is one body? For the two, he said, shall be one flesh. That's in 1 Corinthians 6.16 in reference to Genesis 2.24. Polygamy. You may say I'm unjust in polygamy. A man having more than one wife or a concubine or mystery is permitted, although not commanded or even suggested in no high laws. In many cultures, it is a common practice. Yet, in any culture, it is strictly forbidden for a woman to have more than one husband or a paramour. This is adultery in the strictest forbidden. The Western world polygamy is uh, unlawful. Yet one can have a concubine or a mystery. It is not illegal. It is, however, totally impractical to have such a uh, distress in a man's personal life or on his wife and his children. In most cases, it, it, in most cases, it even devastates the mistress. Remember that love creates whereas lust destroys. We can uh, devastate the one he can have uh, with his chosen wife's mate. In many parts of the world, polygamy and concubines are accepted mores. Musa, our Bedouin friend in Jericho, is getting a second wife in a few months. Musa's first wife, Nathya, is delighted about it. It will cut her work in half and uh, triple the family's wealth. Her future, her future, I guess you could say wife-in-law, 
is supposed to already be Nazi's good friend. Musa has two mothers, eight brothers and sisters. The new bride comes from a large, politically strong family. This marriage will acquire many political and economic ramifications. The demographic structure of the community. Divorce is virtually non-existent in these communities. If a wife commits adultery, she's put on the trial by the family involved. If she's found guilty, she will be executed by one of her brothers. Something I don't like about this custom, and that is, if a brother commits incest with his sister and gets her pregnant, they kill the girl. But they do not do anything to punish the brother. I really don't. I don't like this system in the Islam. The Noahide law permits, polyg uh, permits polygamy universally. However, it is prohibited by civil law in, in the Western world. Even more than prohibited by laws, the mores and the mindset of Western women would not accept polygamy. Here we see a perfect example in contrast between what is prohibited and what is permitted in the Noahide Code. Anything prohibited is prohibited unconditionally and universally. There's no option to pick and choose what one does or does not do in such a case. Polygamy is not commanded, it's only permitted. If the courts of justice decree a law against polygamy, as in the Western world, then that law takes precedence over the permissiveness of the Noahide Code. If the, if, the uh, if the courts of justice decree a law permitting polygamy, as is the case in the Oriental world, then the law takes precedence and enforces the permissions of the Noahide Code. Here, too, the adage is true. The East is East and the West is West, and never the twain shall meet. Concubines. Her wives without weddings. Other names are mistresses, paramours, lovers, girlfriends, cohabit mates, and partners. We have a lot of people living today in a partnership. And the other woman, if the man is married, the Hebrew word concubine, or concubine, is plagish, plagish. The root is pelig, meaning a tributary. Ish, meaning man, or in our vernacular is called something on the side.
a tributary, the legish, the legish. Like polygamy, the Torah permits but not, does not command concubines. The difference between polygamy and concubine is that the courts of justice prohibit polygamy. It's illegal. Whereas the laws do not prohibit concubines. Do you know of any city, state, or nation that has a law against concubines? Homosexually, homosexuals are highly organized and politically mo motivated for their cause. Do you know of any man's organization that is dedicated uh, against having a lover or mistress? Have you ever heard of a woman's art uh, movement that won't concubines outlined, uh, outlawed? The reason you have not heard of such is because many of those women either have been someone's lover or they are now some men's paramours or they hope to have the opportunity to be a concubine by a nicer name. How many votes do you suppose a politi political candidate gender by fabricating a platform to make concubines legal? It's unheard of, but they are. The next is fornication, and this is something that we really need to get clear in our minds. Fornication is forbidden. Fornication is prostitution and nothing else. Strangely, the Bible does not condemn the prostitute, but rather condemns the whoremonger. It is man that creates and nourishes the market, therefore the man bears the guilt. Fornication is connected with the worship of Baal and other pagan forms of idolatry. Uncontrolled sex drive itself demoralizes a man's relation with himself, with God, and with his peers. Whoredom is akin to, and not an effective form of idolatry, monography comes from the word fornication, pornay. According to Judaism and Christianity, Islam and B'nai Noah, every man is a miniature temple of God, and to commit fornication is to defile the temple of God, which is indeed idolatry. Incest is sexual relationship with a close family member. Sadly, the abuse of young girls by male relatives is the most prominent problem in our society. Great emotional and psychological problems follow those abused children.
throughout their lives. They live with guilt and a feeling of worthlessness and ineptitude in marriage relations. Child abusers are themselves sick persons. Over time, they will repeat their acts with many children. Incarcerated psychological therapy should be required compliance to help rehabilitate these sick people. If they cannot be successfully rehabilitated, they should remain incarcerated. The greatest problem with this crime is that the subject of abuse or other family members refrain from prosecuting within the family unit. The Torah is very specific on the guidelines on incest. A child of incest is considered a bastard, which under Jewish law is a very strict penalty because a bastard can only marry another bastard. They cannot, a bastard cannot have a wedding, a Jewish wedding. They have to marry another mumser. And the word mumser means the word zare is a stranger. Mumser means from a stranger. The next law is against bestiality. Bestiality is sodomy or a human having sex with an animal or other species. The wickedness of Sodom and Gomorrah was the origin of the word sodomy. Don't be surprised if the PC forces do not pour to put forth an agenda for rights of bestiality. Under the Torah law, both a person and the animal were put to death. Some may ask, well, why put the animal to death? Simply because people will say that animal had sex relation with such and such a man or such and such a woman. And it will stir the, uh, the thoughts toward the practice. A man in Australia was rich, originally imprisoned, was recently imprisoned for having sex with an ostrich at a party. His response to the judge, she's my pet bird. I've loved her for years. It's my private business and no one else's. Had I known that people were going to feel like this bad, I would have married her. In normal situations, animals never pursue humans for sexual pleasure. 
the human has to entice, seduce, and train the animal to participate in the most unnatural copulation. The brute has no conscience or moral ethics. However, there is something in their created instinct that prohibits animals from incitement. The next topic is homosexuality. Homosexuality is a perversion of nature. They fragrantly ignore the difference between men and women as a creator made us and care to glory states in the Torah. We must make a distinction between an overt prevert and the unfortunate person who is born with a chemical imbalance of androgen and estrogen hormones. Yet, with modern me medical help, even the hormones can be regulated today. Overt sexual partners under the umbrella of freedom of preference displays a flamboyant, egotistical disposition toward normal society and against God and the Torah. They are now a pol politically correct, highly organized to coerce their attitudes and values on the whole society. Their belligerent, aggressive rebellion bespeaks their insubordination against God Himself. They twist and bend unnatural logic and lawlessness into their preferred sex. Those who commit necromania. That means having sex with a corpse could well use their condition of freedom of sexual expression. There's a story about a, a man in Israel that had a necromaniac act. Had a act with a corpse and when he got before the judge he said your honor I thought she was English and was exonerated the Torah emphatically condemns homosexuality as an abomination against God and society man and a society as a whole are held responsible for the wickedness and this depraved enigma. I know I cannot practice, support, accept this norm. We should try to help these men realize that they're flunked by saying and need to learn the subject in Torah. Lesbianism. Lesbianism is homosexuality of women with women. As strange as it may seem, 
lesbianism is not specifically condemned in the Torah. The same as we previously observed with polygamy and concubine is not forbidden. It's not not forbidden to men. If something is not forbidden, expressly forbidden in the Torah, we have no authority to impose sanctions against this. Let me repeat that. If something is not specifically, expressly forbidden in the Torah, we have no authority to impose sanctions against this. This does not mean that we should condone, encourage, or give license to this practice. However, we have no jurisdiction in a Noahic court of justice to enforce or prosecute judgment against lesbianism. Only man is held responsible for God. While he was beguiled the man Adam was held responsible is an illustration in the wilderness journey of the Israelites all the men 20 years old and older died during the 40 years wandering except Joshua and Caleb yet the only woman to die was Miriam, Moses' sister because she rebelled against Moses as God's appointed leader it's also the case with adultery. A woman is not condemned. A woman was condemned because she uh, cuckled and was infant down with her husband. Perhaps God put these seemingly oddities in his store or sometimes excluded them so that we can learn to be precise and subordinate his his word, even if it means something that is ir irrational in human judgment. Masturbation. Masturbation is sexually induced pleasure. That has been a subject of debate among rabbinical courts for centuries. They named it Onanism, after the son of Judah, Onan, Genesis 38, 8 and 9. The Leverite law obligated Onan to raise seed to Ur, his dead brother. Onan copulated with Ur's widow Tamar, however, avoided to divide his inheritance and giving him his dead brother an heir. He spilled his seed on the ground. Onan did not masturbate. It's incorrect to associate Onan, the act of Onan, with masturbation. How much time do I have left? Two minutes. Do we have any questions? Like lesbianism, Masturbation is not specifically forbidden in the Torah. Therefore, it cannot be condemned. Reverend Charlie Shedd wrote a book on the subject, 
that, that held that masturbation was a gift of God to keep one from sinning. Having real sex with a single partner of the opposite sex. Just ask yourself the question. Those doctors said, which of the two would be worse? Sex or masturbation? And uh, I can tell him one thing. I don't know what should be worse, but I can tell him which is better. Since the scripture does not forbid either sex with a single partner of the opposite sex nor masturbation, then there's not so much a question of which of the two is worse, but which of the two is better. I call a referendum on this question and let your readers cast the vote in writing. Sex is easier to spell. Okay, well, my time's up, so we'll take up here next Wednesday. Remember, we have the Torah class on Sunday afternoon, and we have a conference coming up the November, uh, October, what? 12, 13, 14. 12, 13, and 14, and then the tour to Israel in November. God bless you. We'll meet you Sunday afternoon.